Lord, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Good to see everybody today. We're going to get into the word of the Lord. And um, we're going to talk about the gift. Everyone said the gift that should inspire us to give. That's what we're going to be uh, talking about today. And uh, I, I love the Christmas season. I hope that you do as well. I know that the Christmas season is, is heavily commercialized, and sometimes we lose uh, sight of what Christmas is really all about. But when you remember what Christmas is really all about, it really is a wonderful, wonderful season and time of year. And we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I think that's a tremendous thing. And uh, we have a great opportunity at this time of year uh, to talk to our friends, talk to our families, talk to our neighbors about the things of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful thing. And we should take advantage of that. I, I was thinking the other day about how giving is such a, a major part of the Christmas season, and as it should be. And, uh, and so uh, I think that it kind of defines the season, and we give gifts during the Christmas season for all kinds of reasons. Uh, for many, the tradition comes uh, because the wise men came bearing gifts. How many remember that from the Christmas story? They came bearing gifts, and, uh, and we do that. And we open gifts in celebration of the birth of Christ. And like the wise men, we bring gifts as an act of remembrance or we might could say celebration of the birth of the Messiah. And I, I love that tradition of gift giving. But there's far more to be learned from the gifts that the wise men brought than just wrapping nice things up in, in a ribbon and, uh, and giving them to someone on Christmas morning. The birth of Jesus was heralded by angels. It was foretold by the ancient prophets. And the giving of gifts to Jesus was an act of worship. Everyone said worship. It was an act of reverence. It was a sign of respect for his, uh, for his kingship. And we could say, looking back, for his deity. How many know that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh? And so he was a king come to earth. He was the great God of heaven and earth. And there he was lying in a manger. It's a, a profound thing. It's difficult to wrap your mind around it. But that little baby lying in a manger was God manifest in the flesh. And the wise men came. And they came with reverence. They came with awe. And it was a beautiful thing. And the shepherds came with reverence and all. They were acknowledging that Jesus was royalty. But beyond all of that, Jesus was God's great gift to us. Point yourself and say, Jesus was the greatest gift. Jesus was the greatest gift. We think about the gifts the wise men brought. Those were wonderful, but they were nothing in comparison to the gift that God gave to humanity in his son, Jesus Christ, he was the greatest gift and nothing that the wise men could have given him. Now, think about it. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, those 
well, except for gold, frankincense and myrrh uh, are strange to our American ears. We don't necessarily deal with frankincense and myrrh like they did in that time. But those were precious and very expensive gifts. Uh, those weren't uh, those weren't a tie. Uh, that wasn't a comb. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a five dollar gift card. That was very opulent gifts to give to Jesus. And I've often thought about the fact that uh, Mary and Joseph were were of humble uh, means. Even though Joseph was a carpenter, he he probably had a uh, a good trade. But they remember the reason that they went to Bethlehem in the first place was because uh, there was a tax that had been uh, that had been uh, put upon the people and so they were going there uh, to pay a tax and and uh, and of course they had to go into Egypt and they had to be in hiding how many remember all of that they had to go they had to flee uh, and and for their lives af- right after the birth of Jesus and these expensive gifts were God's way of taking care of this precious little family. Isn't that beautiful how God takes care of his people? God provided for them and God blessed them at the birth of Jesus. But nothing that the wise men could have given. If they would have given him all the gold and all the silver and all the houses and all of the nice things in this world, it would not have compared to the greatness of God coming to earth as a child and living and dying and shedding his blood for you and for me. His death, his burial, his life, his resurrection, that is the greatest gift. And nothing that we could ever give God, we say this, I think, sometimes as a platitude, it becomes a trite uh, phrase to us, but you really cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot outgive the Lord. Nothing that you could give God, all of the offerings, everything, if you gave him everything you had, if you signed your house over, your car, everything that you have, nothing would compare to the gift that he gave to me and to you. How many feel that way today? And that really is true. Nothing that we could do. And thankfully, he doesn't ask for everything. Now, he does ask for 10%. And he asked for offerings, and we're faithful in that. But, uh, but God allows us to, to, to be blessed, and he wants us to be blessed. And I'm thankful for the blessings of God. And, uh, and I don't deserve the blessings of God, but I'm glad that he gives them to me. And, uh, and, but nothing that we could do, and that is the mindset that we ought to have. We ought to have the mindset that nothing I could do would be enough. I want to be a blessing to the Lord. And the gift of Jesus Christ ought to inspire us to give. Now, I want us to look at the the language of the great Christmas scripture in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 9. And uh, maybe we could read this together. It's just one scripture. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped. Everyone said wrapped. Like a gift in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. When they found Jesus, he was wrapped, I believe, almost symbolically like a living gift to the world. 
God came to earth as a baby. Think about this for just a moment. Jesus was born to die. We talked about this last Sunday morning. Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So from the beginning of time, Jesus was ordained to be the perfect lamb. He became a living sacrifice as a gift for us so that we could be saved from the grip of sin and from hell. That really is the Christmas story, that God broke into our world so that we could be saved from the grip of sin. That's exactly what John the Baptist meant in John chapter 1 and verse 29 when he saw Jesus and shouted, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus was God robing himself in humanity and presenting himself as the greatest gift that humanity has ever received. Now, John 3.16 isn't usually quoted in Christmas pageants, but it is the quintessential Christmas verse. It says this. We could probably quote it from memory. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at your neighbor and say, God gave. He gave His only begotten Son. And that is the deeper reason. That is the reason for the season. That's the reason that I celebrate this time of year by giving. And I don't mean by giving that just that I give gifts on Christmas Day. Uh, But it's the reason that I try to realign my thinking and become even more of a giver than I am throughout the year. How many know that there's times when uh, you just have to be reminded of the importance of something? I think that's one of the great things that the Christmas season does for us is giving is always important. It's important in January. It's important in February. It's even important in the dog days of summer when we're hot. And the air conditioning is in overdrive, trying to keep up with the the Georgia heat. Giving is always important. And we should always remember that. But there's something about the Christmas season that reminds us. It brings it back to the forefront of our thinking. And if, if we allow it to, it will linger in our spirit throughout the remainder of the year. And I think that's a good thing. I celebrate the season of giving because God gave. His only begotten Son. I do it in remembrance of the almost unbelievable fact that God gave us a gift that we could never, ever, ever repay. Does anybody feel that way today? We could never repay. And I don't ever want to lose sight of what it means to be thankful. I don't ever want to lose sight of what it means to have gratitude in my heart towards God. And his, and his perfect gift to us. In fact, that little phrase, for God so much loved the world that he gave, encapsulates a large part of what it means to be a Christian. We're called to be givers. And not just at Christmas time, but all year round. Now, some people get a little bit jaded at Christmas time. And we can all get that way. Uh, it's easy to, to get so busy. How many feel restful and peaceful right now? Some of you do. That's good. A lot of people that I run into uh, around the holiday season, especially people who uh, are, are not 
Christians, uh, there's, there's kind of an attitude of just almost just insanity. You ever, you ever get out in the, the Christmas traffic and you just feel like you're going to pull your hair out? I don't know what it is about this time of year, but the traffic just goes crazy. And, and God forbid you have to go anywhere near a Walmart, a Costco, or a shopping mall. You'll, it's almost enough to make you have to pray back through all over again. Something about this time of year just makes people crazy. And, uh, and, but we're called to, to have a joyful spirit and a restful spirit and a peaceful spirit. Uh, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That's the attitude that a Christian ought to have. And we're, we're being reminded today to have a joyful attitude in regards to giving. We don't always feel joyful about giving if we're honest, do we? We don't always. Sometimes we do it uh, out of obligation. And, uh, and we can choose to give with a good attitude or a bad attitude. I think this is what Paul was talking about when he said, Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loveth a cheerful, smile real big, a cheerful giver. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The attitude behind our giving really does matter. There's a huge difference between giving begrudgingly or angrily and giving joyfully. And this is true whether you're giving to the Lord or you're giving to someone in need or you're giving to a family member. Here's a question for you. Have you ever received a gift from someone and you could just tell, be honest now, you could just tell they did not want to have to give you a gift. Anybody ever had that happen to you before? <laughs> or maybe you could tell by what the gift was. You know, here's a, here. <laughs> Some of you aren't being honest right now, but, but uh, you can just tell sometimes. You can tell when someone wanted to give. You can tell when they just gave out of obligation. You can tell when somebody put some, some thought into it. Uh, and, uh, and how many could be honest and say, there's been times when you've given and you really didn't want to have to give, you, but you knew we all have that, uh, you know, that distant, long lost relation that we see once every 10 years. And, uh, and then you, you feel obligated to do something and you almost give mechanically. And, uh, and, you know, I've had people give me gifts before and you could just tell and, and you almost feel bad. You almost want to say, you know, you didn't have to do that. Anybody ever felt that way? You didn't have to do it. If you didn't want to, that's fine. That's okay. It doesn't make me feel bad. And having the proper attitude when giving is very important, especially in our relationship with God and in our relationships with loved ones. On the flip side of that, you never forget people who give. Everyone said give. Out of the goodness of their heart, especially when it's unexpected and especially when you're very much in need. How many have ever received an unexpected gift just out of nowhere, just randomly? Doesn't that make you feel special? Isn't that an amazing thing? How, how many have ever just, it doesn't even have to be a large gift. I, I've had it so many times in my life. I have people right now. And uh, people in this room, but, but when I look back over my life, there's so many times when 
I've had people give unexpectedly to me and, and where it, it took me off guard and I'll never, ever, ever forget it. I've, I've told at least one of these stories before, but I'll never forget my wife and I, our first year of evangelizing. Uh, and if, if, if you don't know what an evangelist is, it's just a, a traveling preacher who goes from church to church and, and preaches. And we were, we were just starting out. And when I look back, I'm young still, but we were so, so young. And uh, it's one of those situations where uh, sometimes when you launch into something, you have no idea what you're doing. And it's a good thing that you didn't because if you'd known, you'd have never done it. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there's things where if you knew everything you were going to have to go through, you wouldn't do it. But sometimes ignorance is bliss. And uh, we were full of faith and, uh, and we were excited and we knew that we had a call of God on our life. But we had no idea all of the things that all of the adventures and all of the all of the things that we were going to experience. And and I remember that I had been invited to go to Branson Missouri and speak at a, a preacher's kid retreat. I, over the years, I've been asked to do this quite a few times. Uh, I am a preacher's kid and I'm a preacher. And uh, I, I'm asked uh, quite often to go speak to preacher's kids and tr- try to help them. Preacher's kids have, uh, they have kind of a different set of circumstances and, and uh, they ha- sometimes have different needs and different struggles and trials that they go through. And uh, I was asked to come speak at this very large uh, retreat, and, but it was far away. We were, we were all the way in Mississippi, and we were trying to get from Mississippi to Branson, Missouri. And we, I think we maybe had $50, maybe had $50. And uh, when we got there, we were going to need a hotel, and, uh, and we were going to need a place to stay. And I, I really didn't know how we were going to get there. But I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you need to go. You need to go and, and be a blessing to these preacher's kids. And so we did. We jumped in the car, and we were driving a great big uh, truck, great big diesel truck, some of you remember the one that we had when we first moved here. And uh, diesel at the time, I have no idea why, but diesel was incredibly expensive. And uh, $50, there was no way that $50 was going to get me all the way to Branson, Missouri. But we filled up the tank. You know, $50 got me about a quarter of a tank. You, <laughs> you know how that goes sometimes. And a uh, quarter of a tank drove out, and I'll never forget we prayed and said, Lord, we literally have no idea. It's amazing the crazy things you do when you just trust in God. And I said, Lord, I have no idea how we're going to make it all the way uh, to Branson on this quarter of a tank. And, uh, and we drove into a gas station. And I remember a man that I had never met in my entire life was pumping gas in a great big truck next to me. He was a trucker. I was getting gas on the truck side. And uh, I'll never forget, he looked over at me, and I was, I was dressed, you know, we were traveling, so I was wearing jeans and a great big old jacket, and uh, my hair wasn't even combed all that good, it was all windblown, and uh, he looked at me, and he said, you're a preacher, aren't you? And it shocked me, because, uh, you know, I, I kind of looked homeless, to be honest with you, 
And, uh, and he said, and I said, I said, yes, I am. He, I, said, he said, I said, how did you know? He said, I, I could just tell. And he said, I, I just felt the Lord tell me to give this to you. And he walked across the gas tank and gave me a $100 bill. And it got us to Branson, Missouri. I want to tell you, that's a gift that I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. I'll never forget it. I don't even know his name. But I will never forget that man's kindness and how it blessed my life. We got to Branson and uh, we, we spoke at the seminar and, and had a great time in the Lord. And uh, something went wrong in, in the, the way that they had done it. And they were going to pay for our hotel. And something happened and they weren't able to pay for it. They were going to send us a check in the mail later. And, uh, and I didn't have the money to pay for that hotel bill. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell a soul. Completely broke. Uh, we were going back to our room. We were getting, we were getting crackers at the gas station and going, going back to the hotel and eating crackers and just trying to make it through. Nobody had a clue. And I'll never forget, we were in the middle of a service. And Brother Carlton Watkins walked up to me, a pastor, uh, used to pastor in the Texas area. And he walked up to me and handed me $300 in the middle and said, the Lord told me to give this to you. I will never forget the kindness of that preacher as he blessed my life. I'm going to tell you, when God begins to bless and when people begin to bless you, and let me tell you this too, God blesses through people. And sometimes God wants to use you to be a blessing. And sometimes God wants to use me to be a blessing. And sometimes you're in need of a blessing. And that's okay. That's how God works. And I'll tell you, because of the people that have done that, and I could tell you story after story, time after time, when we were evangelizing, I, we were in situations we never told anybody. That's not the way I operate. I would never in a million years walk up to anybody and start talking about how we're, we were in financial trouble or going through a trial. I would have never done that. That is absolutely not the way that uh, I operate. But God would speak to people's heart and they would bless us just at the right moment. And I'm going to tell you, every time it was right at that moment when we thought, I have no idea how it's going to happen. And God stepped in just in the nick of time. And because of that, and because of that, I have felt a gratitude in my heart where sometimes I'll see an evangelist or I'll see a young, uh, a younger preacher who's, who's, who's uh, trying to do the work of the Lord. And if I feel God prompt me and say, you better go give them $100, you better believe I'm going to be obedient to the voice of God. Because the worst thing that we can do is receive the blessings of God, hold on to them, and never release them into somebody else's life. If you have been given to, if you have been blessed, if you have received, you should always take that, say, thank you, Jesus, and then when you have an overflow, you should turn around and you should be a blessing to somebody else. Never be the type of person who just hoards blessings and never is a blessing. Always have a heart that says, Lord, I'm going to receive your blessings. I'm going to thank you for it. I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. And then I'm going to pass those blessings along at the first opportunity that I have. That is the essence of the Christmas season and being a Christian. Uh, here's another, another one. I, it sounds funny. Uh, if you, if you uh, 
If you just knew how we were at the time, when we first, when my wife and I first went to Natchez, Mississippi, uh, to be the assistant pastor at the church there, many many years ago now, Julia had uh, had when we moved there, we my wife literally, and this is not an exaggeration, my wife uh, gave birth to my daughter, and literally. Two weeks after she gave birth to our daughter, we moved to Natchez, Mississippi. I had already taken a truck down there uh, about a month before my daughter was born. And then I just went back to Indianapolis to, so she could be born. And, uh, and then literally two weeks after she was born, we moved to Natchez, Mississippi. And uh, we gave up really, really good jobs. My wife had an incredible job. I had a, a very, very lucrative job. We gave up those jobs to go make about $250 a week as the assistant pastor in, in Natchez, Mississippi, and uh, living in a little evangelist quarters over the gymnasium there. And uh, I, was, I was everything. He told me when I came, he said, you're going to be the youth pastor, you're going to be the assistant pastor, and you're going to be the outreach director. And, uh, you know, I was so young, I had no clue that that meant that I was never going to sleep, I was never going to eat, and I was never going to see straight again. I had no idea, but the Lord blessed us, and it was a wonderful uh, season of growth and learning in my life. Uh, in fact, when I look back, I learned so many lessons during that time, and, uh, and uh, that's a good thing for you guys, because I, I, I made a lot of mistakes there that, uh, that I have learned my lesson from, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, we were so poor, uh, we had, and, and we were... Uh, to listen, my wife didn't work, had a brand new baby, and uh, m- maybe two hundred and fifty dollars a week sounds like a lot to you, but boy, we were we were really struggling at the time. And uh, when we had uh, when we had Julia, of course, we needed diapers. Does anybody remember? I know we have grandparents in here, and a lot of the a lot of the younger parents are out right now. But uh, does anybody remember how expensive diapers can be? My Lord, what is going on with that? And, and it was, <laughs> I would walk in there, you know, and uh, it seemed like every other day my wife is saying we're out of diapers again. And uh, I would go in there and, and look at those prices and uh, almost want to cry. I know that's hard for you to imagine, but I really did. I'd just go in there and say, have a prayer meeting right in the middle of Walmart. And, uh, you know, and saving coupons, cutting coupons for diapers and, uh, and I'll never forget the, the church there in Natchez, without telling us, they, they decided to, do a, uh, to be a blessing to us. They decided to do a diaper drive. And we came into one Sunday night service, and, uh, and in the middle of the service, they brought in five wheelbarrows, great big wheelbarrows, just full to the top and overflowing with baby diapers. And I'm going to tell you, I about ran the aisles when those diapers came through that door. I mean, I was getting the Holy Ghost all over again. Now, I know that sounds strange to some of you, but you have to understand where I was in that season of life. I will never, ever, ever forget that kindness, that blessing. Those diapers, no exaggeration, that lasted us for almost a year. We had stacks of diapers and, uh, and I didn't care what it looked like out in the hallway. I was just thankful to have it. It was a blessing to me. And uh, things like that, you will never, ever, ever forget. You'll never forget it. You'll never forget those kindnesses. 
If I had to boil Christianity down to two words, I think it would be selflessness. Everyone said selflessness and giving. Now listen to this very carefully. You cannot be a Christian without being a selfless giver. It's not possible. And I'm not just talking about money. I know that we all freeze up because we think I'm just talking about money. But I'm talking about time. I'm talking about love. We ought to live, give love freely. Many people are stingy with their love. We ought to love everybody. That's the gospel. We ought to give. Here's one that a lot of people hold on to. They never give this. You ready for it? Forgiveness. Many people are unwilling to give forgiveness freely. You cannot be a Christian and receive the forgiveness of God. You don't deserve the forgiveness of God. I don't deserve the forgiveness of God. You can't earn God's forgiveness with your good works. There's nothing that you could do to be deserving of the forgiveness of God. But he gives it to us freely. Isn't that an amazing thing? And if God gives you forgiveness, then you are required as a Christian to turn around and offer forgiveness. Well, I'm waiting on them to come and ask for forgiveness and make everything right. And when they get down on their knees and when they grovel and when they cry and when they do all and when they jump through that hoop and when they do that over there, I'll forgive them when they do all. No, no, no. Aren't you glad God didn't do that to you? You better offer forgiveness freely. Offer forgiveness liberally. Don't withhold your forgiveness. You cannot do it and have a right spirit. You cannot do it and be right with God. It is absolutely impossible. Give the gift of forgiveness this Christmas season. That is one of the greatest gifts that you could give. The gift of forgiveness is one of the most valuable gifts that you could ever give anybody in this world. Forgive. Forgive your enemy. Even if they don't ask for it. You know, when you have unforgiveness in your heart, in the end, you're the one who suffers, not the person that you have a problem with. They may never make it right. If you wait on them to come make it right, you're going to have bitterness in your heart, maybe for the rest of your life. Release yourself and forgive them. Release yourself and forgive them. Give the gift of support. Support others. Give the gift of encouragement. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I am so thankful for Apostolic Tabernacle. I'm going to tell you why. This church has some of the most wonderful, encouraging people that I've ever met in my life. And I'm feeling choked up just looking around this room. I look at some of you, and I'm going to tell you, there are some people in this church that know how to be an encouragement. I want to thank you for that. It's one of the finest things, especially for the ministry, for people to have an attitude of encouragement. I'm going to tell you, that is a, such a blessing in people's life when you're an encourager. Be an encourager, not a discourager. Be an encourager, not a discourager. Build people up. Lift people up. Uh, encourage people. I'm going to tell you, you'll watch people blossom when you speak words of encouragement into their life. When you speak negativity, when you speak words of discouragement, people will always begin to shrink. But people will begin to grow when you give them the gift of encouragement. We're all 
called to be givers. And some of the greatest gifts that you can give don't cost a single penny. They're just things that you can give out of the goodness of your heart. Calvin Coolidge once said, and I'm running out of time, no person was ever honored for what he received. He was honored for what he gave. Albert Einstein said, the value of a man resides in what he gives and not in what he is capable of receiving. The great Dr. Richard Brunstein once said, it is possible to give without loving, but it is impossible to love without giving. I think that's a beautiful thing. Let's stand together. We're closing. Uh, I'm excited. The kids are getting ready to come in. They have special presentations for us. How, how many are going to get behind the kids this morning? How many are going to worship with them? They're going to do a great job. The great thing about kids is no matter what they do, it's always perfect. No matter what happens, it's going to be great, and we're going to support them. I want to pray that the Lord would give us an attitude of giving this Christmas season, whether it be gifts or the gift of time or the gift of friendship, the gift of love, the gift of support, the gift of forgiveness. I pray that that would be our heart's cry today. Could we bow our heads? Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray that we would remember your great love, your great sacrifice, the gift that you gave to us. And I pray that we wouldn't just hold on to that selfishly, Lord, but we would pass that gift, that we would pass your blessings onto everyone around us, God. I pray that we would do it in honor of you, that we would do it in remembrance of you, that we would do it in celebration of you. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.